0: Indeed it is. Strike its bear Family Fun Center Studios, Eric Hasseltine, the voice of the Grizzlies. Of course, all the Grizzlies game right here on National Sports Radio, including a, a good one last night, uh, the 115-114 win over the Cavaliers. And uh, uh, Eric joins us 11 in a row, Eric. Uh, you guys having some fun over in uh, in the Bluff City. Morning, Eric.
1: Yeah. Maybe good morning, guys. Maybe too much fun. That's why I was a little late to call uh, <laughs> in there. That was a big win last night. Yeah. Eleven wins in a row, you guys will go on my schedule. Thank you. Um no, I'm kidding. Uh yeah. I actually just looked at the clock completely wrong and thought it said eight twenty five when it was <laughs>
0: twenty five. Um
1: yeah, they're playing well. Um it, it's it's fun to watch. Uh it was a, a really, really fun basketball game last night. I was talking with the Cavaliers guys and um, I kind of was already resolved to just say, hey, look, you're going to lose sometimes, and that's a really good team. There's no shame in losing to their defense. Even without Donovan Mitchell, they've got two phenomenal rim protectors. And, you know, I've seen a lot of the teams. We've only not seen a couple teams this year, the Lakers being one of them who they'll see Friday uh, in person. And that, that's one of the best teams I've seen this year. Darius uh, Garland continues to grow, and obviously Nashville fans familiar with him from his days at Vandy. He's terrific right now. I mean, he made moves last night. I was like, okay, he's yeah. taking big steps forward. You know, after already taking huge steps forward, he's even better now. So, um, it was fun. It was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of funny to listen to the the replays and the highlights because. My good friend, who I'm going to have to have a long chat with, J.B. Bickerstaff, did not call timeout after the Grizzlies took the go-ahead basket, which I fully expected him to do. That's he been a hot to topic, topic on, uh, <laughs> on, on on talk radio in Cleveland this morning, I can tell you that. What's that? That's, That's been a hot topic yeah. on uh, Cleveland Sports Talk Radio this morning. Well, and you know, if, if they are, the, let me let, let me give them a one thing. Pump the brakes, the old... Uh, the old Aaron Rodgers, as I like to say, because he just turned into a goob, even though I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> Relax. So the, guy's, yeah, yeah. the guy's winning you games and it puts your team in a position to win without Donovan Mitchell against the hottest team in the league. So I, I get it. And that there's two trains of thought on that. For radio announcers, it's the worst train of thought to not stop because you're trying to call what's potentially a game-winning play. And the building's going nuts. And here they come with the ball trying to catch you off guard celebrating. So I get the train of thought. And then it looked like Karis LeVert walked and Elliot yelled that. And then as I was counting down the clock, I meant to say Garland 4-3. And I just said three. And, you know, I said 4-3. I meant to say 4-3. I went, two, one, three. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, you forgot a word in there, dummy. No uh, so way to screw that up. And I'm like uh, just laughing at it afterwards with my girlfriend and um, just – kind of chuckling and it was it was a great moment and a lot of fun and this team's special guys i mean they are and i'm not trying to say there's going to be a parade in june yet and then you know as you guys know in the business you you just try to you try to go hey just get to the first round see who your opponent is then get to the next round and see who your opponent is and when you advance to the conference finals worry about that and when you get to the finals if you are so fortunate to do so then you can start thinking about what, what the parade may look like if you handle your business. But there's no question they're one of the best teams in the league. This is the first time in 37 years a team's won 10 or more games and in every game has scored 115, and they're not just doing it by outscoring teams. They're outscoring teams and holding teams in check, which is why until last night most of these games have been blowouts. Now you haven't played the upper echelon of the NBA during this stretch. You've played some decent teams. you played some teams that – have a chance to get better. Yeah. I played a couple of good teams in new Orleans and Sacramento, and now another one in Cleveland, but you played the Spurs twice. The jazz are not the same team on the road. Nonetheless, they go out and handle their business, even against the, the also rams, so to speak of the league, the teams that are trying to fight for either a playoff spot or looking to rebuild. You don't generally beat them by like 18 to 25 on a regular basis. And that's what they've been doing. So, um, I think they're second in the NBA right now in point differential. Maybe that goes down after last night, but maybe it goes up a little bit because Cleveland's third. So they're they're good, and they are quickly becoming a, kind of a marked team and a hated team around non-Grizzly fans the <laughs> things that they say. But, you know, they like that. They welcome that, and they feed off of that. And I think that's part of the reason that people maybe don't understand. One, a lot of the trash talk is towards one another, and, yes, it does kind of humiliate – the others but the old school people are like hey i would rather just see you make a basket stare at them and go the other way because that gets in their head more they're actually getting in their head the same way by cheering each other on and not looking at the defender but like looking at one another and said hey man he can't hold you He's you. not <laughs> right. talking to the guy but the guy hears and goes what do you mean i can't hold him i'm gonna go get him this play and then no it doesn't happen so um they're doing that but it is fun to watch i, I gave a story the other night in indiana didn't have a couple of their guys, but they've been playing really well until Halliburton got hurt. But I had to walk up to the upper deck of uh, Gainbridge Fieldhouse, which is a beautiful facility, because they only have one ATM in the building. And one. Yeah, <laughs> nobody does cash anymore, and I have to pay my stat guy in cash. I'm so like, good lord. But as I walked around the upper deck concourse, I can tell you it was 80-20, and this is not an exaggeration. Grizzlies jerseys the Pacers jersey. Mm. I mean, there was way more Grizzly stuff up there, and granted, that's probably because they're not season ticket holders, so that makes sense. But even in the lower bowl, it was about fifty-fifty. And when the Grizzlies made a play, the building would erupt, and you could see the Pacers players going, "What in the hell is this? Is our building?" And then they'd make a play, they'd be celebrating and be like, "Yay, go Pacers!" And while well, they heard a cheer for John Morant, And they're like, "All right, this is this is ridiculous," and it, you can tell it bothers. Other teams, and then the Grizzlies are there chirping at you. So now you got a little mark on your back. And then realize that I think in these final 38 games that teams are going to want to come out and send them a message. It, it really started about a year ago with LeBron James, and Desmond Bain hit a shot. This was mid January. The Grizzlies were playing well. It was a tight game. Bain hits a shot, gets fouled, holds his hand up as they will do, and he's talking to his teammates and saying, Yeah, I got this. And he bumps LeBron. Well, you're know, you not supposed to touch the king without permission, so he got upset and started talking. You could hear it through the courtside mic, and he says, well, I'm going to show you what championship basketball is all about. And Sure enough, LeBron James takes the ball, goes coast to coast, dunks viciously, and he's looking around and staring at the bench, and while he's staring at the bench, the Grizzlies grab the ball out of the net, came down and hit a three. He comes down, gets the ball, comes back down, makes another fadeaway jump shot, stares at the bench, Grizzlies go back down and hit a layup. He comes down, misses. Grizzlies go down and get a layup. Next thing you know, you look up, and then six-point games, an 18-point lead, and he looks around and just goes, what the hell just happened? And they've been doing that this year. It's those moments that are fun to watch because you feel like you're getting the better of them at some point, and nothing phases this group. They do get on them down on themselves sometimes, and that's the one or you know two or three times this year that I've seen Taylor Jenkins really just light into his team when defensive breakdowns or offensive misses lead to defensive breakdowns. It hasn't happened often. It's only happened a couple of times. The other times they've lost, they've gotten the looks they wanted. They just missed shots. You know, there are nights in the NBA where it's square peg, round hole. It ain't going in. And you just, it is what it is. And that's the big step that this team has took. Now their next step is stop overlooking teams that don't have their best player and thinking, yeah, we got this without that guy we got a big upper hand because as Taylor has told them, and I put it this way on the radio, those guys on the other end did get the jerseys at the Walmart, you know, sale last week. They, <laughs> they earned them. They, they weren't on the sale rack. Hey, let's clear out a few Phoenix suns jerseys. And these guys pick them up. Well, maybe we can sneak in the locker room and get some run. And we got next and that's not it. And so they got caught by that a couple of times. And I think it humbled them a little bit. And now they're going to have to keep that humility moving forward. Cause this trip is not going to be easy.
0: Eric Hasseltine, voice of the Grizzlies, with us. You know, obviously, Ja and Bain and Jackson, and this team is so good when they're all healthy and they're, they're uh-huh. in, in this stretch. But Steven Adams, I mean, last night, 13 and 10, he, yeah. that's, that's yeah. just about every game from him. I really think he's sort of the nucleus of everything that's evolving around him. Does that make sense?
1: He a uh, thousand percent, and uh, he's very quiet even though he's just this brute of a human being. <laughs> um, I mean, like the first time I met him, I think I told you guys this story. We're so happy to have him here, first of all. And it was a move that got scrutinized because everybody's like, whoa, you know, Jonas Valanciunas is 17 points, 10 rebounds. He, as we said, he rolls out a double, gets you, rolls out of bed, gets you a double-double. He can score 30 on any given night, yada, 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 right? Well, the problem is he needs the ball. And there's another guy on your team that really needs the ball to be effective, and he wears number 12, and he's a superstar. And so the the, the prevailing thought was, okay, you make this trade to let John ja Rowe develop and become really the the true just go-to leader. Let him set everything up; it's in his hands. And you take a step back to take a step, you know, a couple steps forward. That wasn't what happened. What we found out was this guy sets screens like a Mack truck. He's just a force down low. He's got way more basketball skill than anybody ever realized because early in his career he was in Oklahoma City where he was told, C35, that's Kevin Durant. C0, that's Russell Westbrook. They score, you don't. You set screens and get rebounds. That's all we need you to do to be successful. And they made a trip to the finals, so it wasn't, wasn't a bad plan. But nobody ever really worked with him. And, in fact, I've talked to the coaches and they've said, we're begging him to, to score more. In fact, the one coach that works with him uh, individually, each assistant coach kind of gets a group of guys and they have three or four guys each. He said, You know what makes John Morant really happy? And, you know, in this soft, you know, New Zealand accent that he has, which doesn't fit what he looks like, he goes, What, Mike? He says, You scoring double figures. And he kind of puzzled looking. He goes, A, he gets assist. B, you become someone they have to pay attention to. And when they have to pay attention to, it opens things up and kind of the light went on and all of a sudden we saw him making more moves and he's got good skills. And, you know, when he got here, he was happy to be here. He went into Taylor's office essentially and said, Hey, I'm just so happy to be here and have a chance to win. You tell me what you need me to do. I'll do it. If you need me to set screens and do this, I'll do it. If you need me to rebound, I'll do it. You know, if you need me to score, I'll try, but you know, I'm, I'm here for whatever you guys need. And he is the heart and soul of that team. They love him. Um, He's a, just an unassuming guy. He has rapidly become like this this group's Tony Allen amongst the fans. Um, he won a lot of respect last year. You know, Memphis is a tough city, and it's all about kind of people are big on having your back. And so when Tony Bradley, who's six foot eleven and two hundred seventy pounds, kind of got into Jaw, and Jaw was thought it was a little unnecessary, and they were coming together, and Bradley was kind of trying to say he was sorry, but bowed up a little bit, all of a sudden Bradley gets picked up off the ground and walked 20 feet the opposite direction. And he looks like he's ready to fight. He looks back and and sees it's Steven Adams basically carrying him away from John Morant saying, we're not going to do this. You know, Bradley's about ready to ball up his fist and, and, you know, throw a punch. And I, I kid you not. It's like the, the little stick figure on your desk when you push the button and it just goes Dead and like falls down. That's what Bradley did in Adam's arms. He's just like, I don't want any part of this, and he just played dead basically. And he just sat there. And I'm like, I literally remember saying on the air, it was in the MLK game. I said, a 270 pound man just basically said, Yeah, no, 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 I don't want any of that. You're good. Just take me wherever you want. In fact, if you could carry me back to the locker room right now, I'd really appreciate it. It would save some miles on my tires. I was like, I've never seen anything like it. And he's. He's awesome. And to see him get that moment last night, I think that meant as much to his teammates and coaches as as it did to him by far. um, It was a tremendous play and and shows the depth that this team can go to. It doesn't have to be Ja or Desmond or Jaron or Dylan or even Brandon Clark, whoever. Anybody can hit a game-winning shot, and it was a big win last night for sure. Eric, we appreciate you coming on as always, man. Uh, keep up the good work, and uh, we'll definitely have you on again real soon. Well,
0: he's on all the time on this station, as a matter That's of fact. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What am I saying? Yeah, we're Nashville's home well, two from things Memphis, Brazil. I will try on the next
1: game winning basket not to make people think I don't know how to count because I've got a okay. <laughs> to Go back and watch Sesame Street. One win. Uh, 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 count, get it right. And two, I promise that I will not misread the clock next No, night. That's a, no all, worries, hey, man. Always love,
0: always love having you on, Eric. Thanks, man. And then this what a fun season <laughs> yeah. this is. It really is.
1: We got to get you guys down
0: to a game. I we know, are. We're I coming. Know, We're coming. I know, I know. We're coming. We've been all saying that for years. All right. Thanks, yeah, all Eric. All right. Thank you, Eric. See you, bud.